Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. The flu is a common viral infection that attacks a person's respiratory system. Highly contagious in nature and travels from one host to another through the dispersal of droplets in the water in the air from when someone with infection coughs or sneezes. For most people, they are able to resolve the flu on their own. Usually, those who get infected can treat themselves at home and may not even need to seek medical consultation. But sometimes the infection may become complicated and result in potentially dangerous developments. Money FM 89.3 welcomes Professor Wei Eng Yong, Deputy Director, Emerging Infectious Diseases Program, Duke and U.S. Medical School, to give us a better understanding of flu in our modern society, how the risks associated with the infection are best managed, and the available treatments. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, we've all had the flu. Some of us have had some very bad cases of the flu, but I can't imagine how it could get really bad. So you're going to walk us through the entire spectrum of what kind of flu we can have. And let's start with common symptoms. Okay. Well, thank, thanks very much for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, influenza um, is a fairly uh, serious disease mm-hmm. in the sense that it causes quite a lot of problems. And I'll, I'll describe that in a minute. Um, unfortunately, the way we use the word flu, which mm. is in a way derived from influenza, it now you know, covers quite a number of things, sure. from common cold all the way to classical influenza. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that kind of diminishes the seriousness of influenza because right. all these common colds and all that, they are not so much of a problem. Mm-hmm. So typically, what, what would an influenza patient present with? Um, a prominent feature is actually fever. Now, that okay. distinguishes influenza from other common colds and right. other respiratory illnesses where the coughs and the cold, the sneezing and all that is more prominent and mm-hmm. most of the time you don't have fever. Mm-hmm. Influenza is almost the other way around. Fever is very prominent. Uh, along with the coughs and all that, you also get a lot of body ache and tiredness mm-hmm. which can last for some time. So that's the acute part and usually most people will recover from that. Now, unfortunately, influenza, whilst most of people will attack the upper airway, in some it will actually go down to the lower Mm -hmm. airway and that causes things like pneumonia, pneumonite, lower respiratory tract infection. And that becomes serious because that is potentially life-threatening if it's not properly managed. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, after influenza, some people also are more likely to get bacterial infection. Uh, On the back of that because you're weakened, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these bacterial infections can be very, very serious. Mm-hmm. And so those uh, infections urgently require you know, antibiotic treatments and all that. So that's influenza in terms of what it can cause and the effects it can have on the airway. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in our society today, many, many people live with chronic diseases like diabetes, heart diseases right. and all that. And an infection imposes, actually makes com- managing diabetes and heart diseases worse sure. because it decompensates the whole body, right? So whilst on the one hand, you're trying to, and medically you now have to deal with influenza in mm-hmm. the form of a disease, but you also now have to make sure that the diabetes remain well controlled. So there may be med- uh, adjustments to the medication. Uh, likewise, the heart diseases, the hi- hypertension and all that may require some adjustments depending on who these individuals are. So... You know, you have the direct effects of influenza and also you have the secondary and indirect effects that influenza can if affect in terms of the health outcome. Okay, so let's just separate the mm-hmm. common cold from influenza to begin with. If you have influenza, you have a fever. Mm-hmm. You have body aches. Yep. 
Um, and one of the things that I remember my doctor telling me, this is when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out, should I even come and see you? Right. It's the first question, do you have a fever? Second question was, how awful do you feel and mm-hmm. how long has this been going mm-hmm. on? Because he said, if you don't have a fever and even though you're kind of achy, you know, you're pregnant, so mm-hmm. that's, it's going to present slightly differently. If you feel better after two days, it's not influenza. But if you don't feel better after two days, then it is. Is that about right? Yeah, well, I remember my experience with influenza. <laughs> I was a medical student right. uh, in England at that time. And uh, I know for three days, I was just in bed. I could not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's that serious, right? right. Um, you know, and, and classically, that, that's what distinguishes influenza from most other respiratory tract infections. Okay. So now, now you realize you have influenza. Now a lot of us are very stubborn and we refer to Dr. Google. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. don't come and see Dr. You guys, mm-hmm. right? But should we is the question. Um, yes and no, I guess. Um, if you think that you can manage this uh, mm-hmm. on your own, that's fine. And typically, you know, drink lots of water, stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Because it is a virus. You, know. there, you, yeah. you can't take antibiotics. That's right. Although in influenza, there is an antiviral drug called Tamiflu. You oh, I have had that. Through. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it, so, I, I, I was already so sick. It was right, like, whatever, right. give it to me. Right. Hit me with it. <laughs> yes. All right. So there is Tamiflu. There is Tamiflu. But short of that, really, unless it is a very serious case of influenza, do they really need to come and see you guys? Or does Dr. Google work? Well, I think for those with other chronic illnesses like mm-hmm. diabetes, I think it's best to just make sure that you know someone's on top of the medication in terms of how it's sure. con- adjusted and all that mm-hmm. to cope with this uh, influenza. Okay. Uh, it, apart from that, you know, I'm pregnancy, of course. You know, you sh- uh, influenza uh, can be a very nasty bug during mm-hmm. pregnancy, so pregnant women with influenza should definitely consult a doctor. Okay. Uh, and and certainly the elderly, the y- extremes the, of age. The very young, young children and the elderly. Okay, the very young, the elderly, and uh, the vulnerable, like pregnant women. Yep. Definitely come and see doctors. Absolutely. But you know, all of us will because we need the MC. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's talk about the vulnerable groups of people, the people who have other ailments, mm-hmm. diabetes, maybe asthma, that make them even more vulnerable to getting a very severe case of influenza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about them? What kind of treatments? can they hope to have to gain relief? The, well, the, the fundamental is make, make sure that, you know, whatever diseases they have, they remain well controlled. I mm-hmm. mean, usually with any infection, diabetes, for example, the sugar levels go up. So sometimes you may have to increase the dose for the, of uh, the diabetic medication just to bring the sugars back down. I didn't realize yeah. that. Infection is a form of stress, mm-hmm. and any stress will actually, you know, cause your stress hormones to go up, and the stress hormone is going to trigger the sh- glucose levels to go up because you're trying to fight something. Right, right. right. Yeah. And so for diabetics, they cannot control that part, and so that goes off. And when when you have uh, high levels of sugar in mm-hmm. the blood or in the system, then that actually predisposes you to even more infections. So it kind of like is a vicious cycle, right? That you have a So under- it is a nasty bug. It can be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something that we have been told many, many times by different doctors. Get your annual flu shot. Mm-hmm. How well do they work? The, the flu uh, vaccine works uh, Period. Um, basically, what you're trying to do is to train the immune system to recognize a villain before the villain actually enters the house. Okay. Right? The only thing is that the villain, in this case, influenza virus, keeps changing itself mm-hmm. in the sense that it comes with different disguises or it right. may change its hair or whatever. 
Uh, and so each year or maybe once every uh, twice a year, you, you're going to have to show the immune system what this new virus is going to look like mm-hmm. so that they are prepared uh, to recognize the, the, newly, the new strain of virus, as it were. So it, unfortunately, it's not a one vaccine that's going to solve the entire problem. You're going to have to do this again and again. And some people feel that, look, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to be poked so many times a year. And well, so some of us of do problem. have an adversity to needles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's the kind of trade-off. So if, let's say, you know, for persons who are at greater risk of severe uh, infections mm-hmm. or of a poor outcome from a, an infection like those who are... Yeah, the elderly with chronic diseases mm-hmm. and all that. Then I think the benefits of uh, flu vaccine far outweighs the pain and the, the, the inconvenience. All right. Yeah. Spoken like a true doctor. <laughs> One of the alternatives for people whose systems don't respond, and I'm assuming there are people who don't respond to the flu vaccines. Yes. What can they do to protect <laughs> themselves? So unfortunately right now, we it's hard for us to tell uh, who is going to respond, who's not. Mm-hmm. And age is a guiding factor. Um, the younger you are, the better you respond, the older you are, less, less well. Uh, with everything else that comes yes. with age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But besides vaccination, I mean, I think the other things that can be done, like practical steps, like stay healthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, eat wisely, um, keep the weight down. Um, obesity is always a risk factor for uh, severe disease of any or severe infection. Uh, wash your hands regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that besides, as you said right at the start, besides the, you know, the influenza spreads in the air uh, through droplets. But besides that, you know, very often when you sneeze or cough, you hold your hand over your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then that hand's now full of droplets with virus. Mm-hmm. And then if you shake someone's hands or touch something, that's how the virus also spreads. Right. right. So, Regular hand washing is actually a good practice and that actually is known to cut the risk of infection as well. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that might seem a little bit odd to you. Every doctor will tell you when you have the flu Mm -hmm. to drink a lot of fluid, but we don't normally drink a lot of fluid in our normal day. We have whatever our regular amount of liquids is Mm -hmm. and you always ask us to step it up when we're sick. But is there a magical number of litres of water or whatever a day that we should drink to keep us as healthy as possible? I don't know that we can quantify that uh, well enough for the entire population. Mm-hmm. I think a good guide is whether you're thirsty because mm-hmm. uh, that's your body's way of sensing whether you have enough uh, hydration or not. Okay. So if you feel thirsty, you should definitely quench that thirst and that should be a guiding factor. Mm-hmm. Now, there are instances where in some patients where you know, there's renal disease and all mm-hmm. that, where then the input... They're uh, always thirsty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the input of fluid needs to be controlled and then it has to be measured because the, the system is now unable to cope with excess fluid. Those are, uh, you know, rarer circumstances, then you can't just simply rely on your body to tell you, you have to actually measure how much you drink. All right. Mm-hmm. When is the next flu season? Um, well, in Singapore, it usually is twice a year, around mm-hmm. the middle of the year and at the end of the year. So we're coming up to it. We're coming up to it. Um, you know, interestingly, the word influenza came from an Italian word, which means influence of the stars. So in the northern and southern hemisphere mm-hmm. in temperate countries, they typically get it during the winter months. And that's why they call it influence of the stars, because you see the, the season, right? So because Singapore is in the tropics, then whenever there's an outbreak in the north, it comes back down to the tropics. In the south, it also comes back up to the tropics, right? So we get it twice a year. So we get it twice a year. Yeah. We're coming up to it. 
would now be a good time to get the jab if we haven't already had it? Absolutely. I think the Northern Hemisphere formulation or the formulation to prepare for the strains that is looking to be more prominent in the mm-hmm. Northern Hemisphere, which is where winter is coming up, that's the, that formulation has just come out so that okay. those, those vaccines are now available. So a very timely conversation for us to have. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. final words for our listeners before I let you go. Uh, well, stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we will try to stay healthy. Thank you very much, Professor Wei Eng Yong, Deputy Director, Emerging Infectious Diseases Program, Duke NUS Medical School, for coming in and talking to us today on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.